Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Last week we started a new series, which we're going to be looking at really up until maybe the first couple of weeks in January, concerning the transformed life. See, we've been going through Romans the whole time, and we've been looking at different areas of Romans. We've been looking at the whole issue of, first of all, that all humanity is condemned, and then God in His grace reaches out and saves and justifies us, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done. And we are declared righteous by our faith in what Jesus has done. And then we see that God has given us a new reality of a new life to live. And now we're getting to that place where we see how to live that life, how to be transformed. And last week we looked at the verses 1 and 2, two key verses to give us understanding really for the rest of what we're going to be looking at the next few weeks here. And that is, number one, that God wants you and I to what? Give ourselves to Him as a living sacrifice. He wants us. He wants you to give yourself to Him. And then He wants to transform your life. He doesn't want you to be like the rest of what everybody else is doing, the rest of the culture. He wants you to be changed from the inside out. And the way that takes place is by the renewing of your mind... By His Word. We see that in verses 1 and 2. So here's what we're going to do. and We're going to start today. We're going to see what it is to live that transformed life by renewing our mind as we look at God's Word. So if you're here and you're saying, Lord, here am I. I want to be used of you. I'm yours. I don't want to be living like the culture. I want to be transformed into the person you want me to be. Renew my mind. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about renewing our mind. And specifically today, we're going to talk about transformed living as far as you being a part of the church. We're going to talk about transformed living as far as you being a part of the church. In fact, I've entitled the message, Transformed Service. See, as you give yourself to Him, and as your mind is renewed, notice now what He tells you in order for you to be a transformed person right here in this church. And my prayer is that as we look at this Word, that God would take that Word and allow each of us to become the person He wants us to be so that our church can become the church He wants us to be. So notice with me, we're going to look at verses 3-8. through And then we'll take a look at it rather specifically. Look at me at verse 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function, So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Of ministry, let us use it in our ministering. 
He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who sows mercy with cheerfulness. So let's notice what he says here. A couple of things I want you to see. First of all, verse 3 and 4. If we're going to have a transformed life, or we're going to have a transformed service as far as our being a part of the church, you and I need to have a different attitude. We need to have a different attitude than the attitude that we normally have in which we come to church. So I want us to notice three things, first of all, about the attitude we need to have. Notice with me verse 3. Notice what he says there. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. The first thing I want you to notice that Paul's telling us, if we're going to have a transformed life, if we're going to have transformed service, You and I need to recognize something. We need to recognize that it's not about you. You need to recognize that it's not about you. Can I be honest with you? Church is not about you. Church is not about me. Church is not about you and what you want. Church is not about your style of music that you think everybody should listen to. Church is not about how you think everybody should dress. It's not about me, even though I'm the pastor. Church is not about me. And that's what Paul's saying, that you should not think of yourself more highly than anyone else. You need to be thinking in terms of what? Others. See, that's the purpose of our being here. We are a body of believers. And when I start thinking about in terms of, I'm here today, And, George, you better bless me, or I'm not going to be here next week. George, you better give me something good today because, you know what, I'm missing some extra sleep this morning. And I had a rough night. And when you start thinking in terms of you, then your whole focus is you. And you just come, and you sit there, and you say, try to bless me today. Because your whole focus is wrong. So you may be here and you're saying, well, nobody talks to me. Have you talked to them? You know, one of the most wonderful things that you can be involved with in our church is a grace group. Get in a grace group and you interact with people on a weekly basis and they hear about what's going on in your life. You hear about what's going on in their life. And you pray for one another. See, it's not about you. Can I be honest with you? I, I have a prediction here. And it's not new with me. Churches in America are dying. Did you know that? The reason why they're dying is because they can't change. Did you notice that 85% of those who reach 18 don't come back to our churches anymore? Did you know that? 85% of those, in some denominations it's 90%, of the young people, once they reach 18, they don't come back to our churches anymore because church isn't relevant to them. Because church is totally geared to who? Older people. Because church is all about what? Them and what they want. And see, what Paul's trying to tell us is, if I'm going to be transformed in my service, if I'm going to be a transformed person in the church, if we're going to have a transformed church, we need to recognize, first of all, that it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not. It's about everybody else. Does everybody understand that? 
It's not about me. It's about everybody else. Somebody said to me a couple weeks ago, they said, you know, I know a group of people that might be interested in coming to church, but they may scare people here. You think they'd be invited? You think they'd be welcomed? I hope they would be. Because are you open? Let me just be honest with you. If we're going to be a transformed church, let me just be open with you. Are you open for people dressed ways that you don't dress? Are you open for people having hair colors that maybe you don't like? What do you mean hair colors, George? You mean uh, that, that stuff we buy at Walmart? No, I'm talking about the orange and purple stuff. Do you see what I'm saying? See, it's not about me. It's not about you. I learned that lesson a long time ago, right after I got married. As a young Christian, I, you know, my, my being saved at 19, I immediately went to a Baptist church in South Carolina and then to Virginia. And my whole concept of church was always wearing a suit. And then I got married and started attending Lori's church with her before we went and took our first church. And I remember the first few Sundays, I showed up in my suit. And this is a farming community, dairy farmers and everything. And they're all dressed like you're dressed right now. And I was there in my suit. And Lori said, people only wear suits here on, on Easter, George. And it's not Easter. You need to loosen up. You're standing out. See, church wasn't about me. See, did you see the point? It took a few weeks, but she got through. You know, see what I'm saying? It's not about us. It's about everybody else. And so that brings us to the next point that he makes there in verse 3. Notice if we continue on there, he says, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Here, you need to put things into perspective. You need to put things into perspective is what he's saying. You need to think soberly. A few years ago, Sean Alexander, running back for the Seattle Seahawks and the most valuable player for the 2005 NFL season, said the following in an interview. I'm a Christian that loves the Lord, that just happens to play football, that just happens to be on cool TV shows, that just happens to get to be on commercials. I'm a godly man first. I chase after God. I play football for the sole reason to give God glory. You think he had it in perspective? He realized that the first thing that was most important in his life was being what? A Christian, a believer. See, that's what Paul's talking about. It's not about you and me and what we want and you know, and wanting to feel comfortable today and you bless me and Brad, I hope you pick the right songs. Paul says, think soberly. Put it in perspective. Grace and mercy was shown to you. Grace and mercy needs to be shown to others too. 
Hey, can I be honest with you? If there's an interesting phenomenon, I haven't quite figured out completely what's going on. You know, statistics show us that Americans in general are very spiritual people, are interested in spiritual things. That's on one hand. And we'd like to know more about spirituality. That's on one hand over here. But on the other hand, our churches are declining in attendance. Some are just outright dying. That doesn't make sense, does it? On one hand, we've got people who are interested in spiritual things. On the other hand, we've got churches. I'll tell you what's going on here. Churches over here has become for those who are over here. And you're welcome if you're over here, but you've got to become like us to come over here. Now, see, that's not the thing we need to do. We need to forget that it's about us and put it in perspective. And as grace was shown to us, we need to show grace to others too. So we need to make the adjustment. We need to make the adjustment. You say, is that for real, George? Yeah, I'll be honest with you, it's for real. Hey, you know, I talked about the suit issue. Do you realize it was two years ago that I decided to drop the suit here at the church? for, For the first four years, I wore a suit every Sunday. Then I decided to drop it. You know what? We gained more people after I dropped it. You know why? And here's what I've heard people say. This is a wonderful testimony about our church. They said, man, it feels like, I had one young guy tell me, it feels like I'm coming into my living room. And I feel at home. That's a wonderful thing to say. Another guy said the same thing. He said, yeah, I feel like raiding the fridge. <laughs> Kicking my shoes off, wanting to raid the fridge. Don't raid the fridge here. There's nothing there. Okay? That's, see, that's the perspective we've got to have. It's not about us. Put it in perspective. Then he goes on, he says one more thing about a different attitude. One more thing. He says, look at what he says in verse 4. For we, for as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. Here's what we are. We are part of a greater whole. We are part of a greater whole. This isn't George's church. This isn't Brad's church. This is our church. This is our family. And you are part of a greater whole. The greater whole that is known in our community as the Kerwinsville Christian Church. And you need to recognize that. You, who are a part of our family here, are. it's not about you, it's about all of us. And you're just one part of the greater whole of us. And we need to get that in perspective. Notice something. When we get irritated and ticked off about something, it's usually because we don't like something with reference to what? Our own preferences, our own opinions, and our own comfort. It usually has to do with us. Not with what the greater whole says. Because the greater whole couldn't care less. They're just rolling with the punches. They're just rolling with the phone. They're just happy that we're here to be here and happy that people are excited. And we need to keep up that attitude. 
We're part of a greater whole. That's what Paul's trying to tell us. We need to have a different attitude. So, look, if I'm going to transform my service, I need to renew my mind. And as I renew my mind with God's word, I recognize, man, I've got to have a different attitude about church. I've got to have a different attitude about family. The family of God. My friends, maybe you're here and that's an adjustment, but you need to. He takes us in our imperfection, in our ugliness, and in our in the stuff that we've done in the past, and he puts us all together, and he makes something beautiful. That's the church. See, you're part of a greater whole. You're part of a greater whole. See, that's the attitude we need to have. With that attitude now changed, we need to recognize that there's a different service. So notice with me now verses 5 through 8. Actually, the last part of verse 4. All the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in ministering, he who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. First of all, I want you to notice, if we're going to have a different attitude and now manifest that attitude into our service, you first of all need to recognize this. Recognize that you have been gifted. Recognize that you have been gifted. Listen, my friends, if you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, The moment the Holy Spirit entered into your life, God Himself came into your life. He gave you gifts to be used for the benefit of everybody else here. Now sometimes that just kind of goes over our heads. Gone. Where is it? But there's a reality to that. See, the moment He enters into your life, you become someone new. And that someone new now has new abilities, new talents, new gifts to give to help other people. He gives you an ability. For some of you, it's the ability, the gift of encouragement. See, I'm not talking about like God gave you the ability to play the organ or the the piano or something. No, no, no. We're not talking about those kind of gifts. We're talking about gifts that are used for the benefit of others. So for some, He gives the ability to encourage. Maybe they drop a note of encouragement to you. For some, it's the ability to give. For others, it's the ability to teach. But He gives all of us gifts for the benefit of all of us so that we function properly. So that we're there for each other. So that when one part of the body is hurting, those with those gifts rally around that part and help that part. You see my point? See, you have been gifted. Recognize that. Own it. See, so many of you are here. It's like, oh yeah, I'm here today, George, but really, you know, if I wasn't here, you wouldn't miss me. That's a lie. When you're not here, we do miss you. And when you don't come, you rob us. I'm going to say it like it is. You rob us of the gifts that God has given you for this church. I'm serious. You rob us. Yeah, but George, you don't, you don't really know what, you don't know what I've done. I don't really care what you've done. You've got a gift God wants you to use for the church. And so for some of you, it's the gift of hospitality. You know how to whip it up. You know how to make people feel special. Use it. For some, it's the gift of encouragement. I'm going to tell you something. Life beats up on all of us. We need somebody encouraging us, don't we? For some, it's the gift of prophecy. What's that, George? 
telling you like it is. With wisdom. See, recognize that you're gifted. We need you. We need you. He goes on then. He tells us then that each person has different gifts. Each person has different gifts. Each person has different gifts. So, I have certain gifts, but your gifts may be completely different. You're saying, great, because I don't want to get up there and do what you're doing. Wonderful. And I don't really want to be in the kitchen either. Except to eat. And that's reality. And I'm not a note writer. Somebody tried to make me a note writer. I am not a note writer. I'm sorry. I don't write notes. But for some of you, that's natural. It just flows out of you. Because it comes from God's heart. Each of us have different gifts. Recognize that. So, we're not all going to be like George here, are we? Boy, thank goodness we're not going to be all like George. Except in one area. I want you all to drink sweet sweet tea. Okay? But we're not all going to be like that, are we? No. Each of us have different gifts. And then notice something. Here's the point. Use, use your gifts for the benefit of all. Use your gifts for the benefit of all. See, here's the problem. In the old thinking, when it was all about me, I used my gifts for me. In the old thinking, I used my gifts for me. Can I be honest with you? That's nothing but prideful and that leads to nothing but emptiness. Because you ever notice when you use your gifts that God has given you for you, it's not fulfilling. God calls us to use our gifts for who? For everyone else here. So listen, here's the attitude. When you come on Sunday morning, what kind of attitude do you come with? Well, I wonder what I can get out of the service today. Better, you know, if you have that kind of attitude, you're not going to get anything. Rather, you need to walk through the door, pull in the parking lot, and immediately think, Lord, who can I be a blessing to today? Do you hear what I said? Lord, who, with the gifts that you have given me, can I be a blessing to today or this week? Lord, who can I benefit in our church today as I show up here? Boy, that changes it, doesn't it? Changes it from, what do I get out of it, to, Lord, what can I do for others? It'll change it. Look, can I be honest with you? When you start focusing on you, 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 I should add me, myself, and I in there too, alright? When I start focusing on all those things in there, life gets pretty miserable. And you know what? I wouldn't want to come either. But you gotta. Turn that thinking around. Start thinking in terms of others. Start thinking in terms of others. Start thinking in terms of others. And use your gifts for the benefit of all. Here's three things I want you to think about. Ask yourself this question. And when you ask it, be serious. Don't fluff it off. Just don't let it pass on by. Ask yourself this question. Has the focus been on you? Has the focus been on you? Is that what your focus is as far as the body of believers that are here at the church? Is it about you? 
Is it about you? Has the focus been on you? And can we, can we be honest? It has, hasn't it? When the focus is on us, it doesn't go good, does it? Has the focus been on you? Think about that question. Next thing. Focus on the needs of others. Focus on the needs of others. Look, can I be honest with you? You came in this room here today. You sat down in your little pew. And all around you, whether you realize it or not, are needs. Some you cannot meet because you don't have the gifts or the abilities or the resources to do it. But for some, you can reach out. And for some, you can do something. If it may simply just simply be putting an arm around someone and saying, Hey, I know you're going through a tough time. But there's one person that's praying for you. That's me. You say, that's, that's it? Yeah, for some. For some it may mean taking out the wallet. And sacrificing for the sake of someone else. See, when you focus on you, life is pretty boring. And unfulfilling. But my friends, when you begin to focus on others, can I be honest with you? There is nothing more fulfilling to me. I'll be honest with you. Pastor, I enjoy it. It's nothing more fulfilling for me than to get a card from someone. Every once in a while I'll get a card from someone and they'll say, thanks. And I got a file. I put them in. Now if I ever need to read them, I'll go back. But I don't. But it brings fulfillment to me because I reached out to others. Now, if I was focusing on me, myself, and I, and, and, and everything about me, I would have no fulfillment. See, are you focusing on yourself? Change it. Focus on the needs of others. Look around you. Or do you, as soon as the, as soon as the amen is done, and I'm walking up the aisle, you're right there behind me and busting out the door before I can even turn around and shake your hand. Is that you? You've got to think about the others around you. And finally, use the gifts God has given you. Use the gifts God has given you. You know what? We don't lack anything here. Really? Yeah. It's sitting right here. The gifts that we need for this church are sitting right here. And if we need another gift, God will bring the other gifts. But they're all right here. Where? Under the seats? No, sitting in them. You're the gift. You're the gift. I know, the enemy's telling you, yeah, but you're doing the good news. Yeah, forget him. I'm telling you, you're a gift. And we need you. So allow the Word to 
to change you from the inside out and transform your life and transform you in this area, this first area, your time here at church. Transform your service. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.